Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Julia Sutton. She's the president and co-founder of Exhale, a well-being destination with locations all across the United States, offering award-winning boutique fitness classes and spa therapies curated to help people meet their health goals. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you, Vanessa. I'm excited. I'm thrilled to have you here because you have a really extensive background in in fitness and wellness. And I think that's a rarity. A lot of people have different backgrounds and then they find their way into health and fitness. So why don't we get started there? Why don't you share with the audience a little bit about how you got started and what attracted you to fitness and wellness? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I, I grew up playing sports and played softball in college. And on my off season, I actually worked in the fitness center at the Peninsula Hotel on Fifth Avenue and 55th Street. And it was a, a great job. I would hand out water and clean fitness equipment. And I, I decided also in that job that I would stretch people out after their workouts. And I just naturally came up with this. This was before personal training was even really a thing. So that's really how I got into this. I never thought that 30 plus years later, this would be my career moving forward. So it's, in a sense, I fell into it and loved it so much that I figured out a way to stay in health and, and well-being for 30 years. So it was something that I've heard from people, especially in the beginning was like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you like, you have a college degree. Okay. That's fun that you have worked for a fitness brand. Like at what point are you going to pursue something professional? Did you ever hear that as well? It's a great question, Vanessa. My parents, God bless them. They're not with us anymore, but they still, to the day they died, they had no idea what I did. They're like, wait, so you teach exercise classes? What do you actually do? They really couldn't comprehend that this was actually a business or a business model that I was involved in. So yes, my parents questioned why they sent me to college because they didn't understand that fitness and well-being was actually a business. <laughs> in their day, it was not. So yes, I got asked that question quite a bit at home for sure. I think also my friends that I went that I grew up with and that I went to school with a lot of them had professional jobs like they were a teacher an attorney you know <laughs> and then they yeah they thought that I went to work every day in leggings which I definitely did when I used to teach spin classes but I'm like no there's a whole business on the back the functionality of running the gym it actually is a business it's not just about workouts so yeah um, absolutely so at what point did you conceptualize Exhale and what kind of led to that? Yeah, my time at Peninsula, I thought was going to be short served and just be a college position, part-time position. And at the time when I uh, was just about to graduate college, they were launching a private membership 
at that location, which really didn't exist. There was no such thing as a membership in a hotel setting. And, and I majored in marketing. So they asked me uh, to be the marketing assistant on the job in, mar- in marketing this private membership. We, we did that and it was a humongous success. Uh, we signed up, I think it was 300 members paying $3,000 a year. And this was in the early 90s. So that's really how it started and how I transitioned into a business role with them. And, and, and eventually I ended up running the entire spa, which is both a fitness and spa setting, and then moved into some national roles with that same company, which was called Wellbridge, based out of Denver. And so at what point were you thinking, okay, I can make this my own business? And at what point was Exhale born? Great question. Sorry, I I didn't get into it. So then being with Wellbridge for 10 years as their national spa director, they were actually looking to transition their company and and sell their company. And at the time, the co-founder, Ann Beth Eschbach from Exhale and myself, were really fixing all of the other units or problems in the Wellbridge portfolio. So we figured out if you could start a concept of well-being from the ground up, what would it look like? And that's really how the thought of Exhale was born. It was, hey, if you can do boutique fitness and spa and retail really well under one umbrella and provide this uh, ability for people to transform every day in these locations, that could be a huge win. And so we presented that to the same private equity firm that our, our firm, Wellbridge, was talking to at the time. And they loved the idea. And, and then we came up with, obviously, a way to, to fund it and, and roll it out 19 years ago. Julia, do you think you faced particular challenges or had particular advantages as female founders? It, it's interesting. And it's a great question. We think about this 15 or 16 years later, but at the time, and Beth and I, we really never really let that thought even enter our heads. I know for me personally, I grew up with four older brothers. So I always had that male energy, if you would, to me. And Beth has a similar energy. So we didn't think about that much. And so it never really was a thought or got in the way. But interesting question, Vanessa, because we found that when we were looking to sell the company a few years ago, we actually um, had a full female C-suite. We had a CEO, the COO, and the CFO of Exhale were all female. And in presenting and going through the sales process, we actually got several remarks and saying, because everyone we were presenting to pretty much was male in the space. And so they said, wow, you guys are an all-female group. And so we just got the, the comments quite often do- during that time. But no, I don't think it really affected us early on at all. It, it wasn't an advantage or a disadvantage. I think that you just take it as matter of fact, like this is how it is. You don't really think of it. And Honestly, just from being in the fitness industry, not as long as you, but about 20 years, I've almost always worked with all men on the leadership team. And I've often been one of the only women, which I never really thought about until after having kids and having to explain, hey, guys, like 
yeah. kids have a show tonight. My kids have a game tonight. I've got to run. You can call me. And just the gender roles in families can be a little different. It's not that it impacted me in my younger days, but I think as I got older with my family obligations, then I did think about that. But yeah, I think you just go through the motions and you're just like, I'm getting the job done. It's not, I'm getting the job done as a female or I'm getting it. Yeah. I, I do think there's something to be said though of female leaders. What I've noticed in, in my career is that they tend to be, to your point of juggling a lot, they tend to be a little bit more empathetic as a leader. And I, I, I think that leads to building really strong teams and saying, all right, Vanessa, yeah, you have, go do your thing and giving the people the ability to be able to have that work-life balance, which I know is difficult and people talk about it all the time, but that's, I think, a huge advantage of having an all-female leadership team as well, is that you really work together to get the job done. I think that's helped me with leading people is that I don't look at them as after, specifically after becoming a parent, instead of looking at somebody just as like in a silo of this is their job function, I started looking at each individual as a person with an outside life outside of this job, outside relationships. And so it's when you talk about empathy, I definitely see how that plays a part. Over the course, being in business for over 19 years, first of all, is tremendous because there are so many businesses that don't make it past two years. So over the course of time, how has the business model for, for Exhale changed and how has the consumer changed? Yeah, I think a lot has definitely changed. But the one thing that has stayed the same is that we've always been a well-being company. And that was the original thought is, as I mentioned before, is our goal was to transform lives on a daily basis. We loved, by the way, the destination uh, spa model because you would go, right? You'd go for a, a week and you'd eat really healthy and you'll um, hike and you'll bike and do all these great activities and you feel great at the end of the week, but then what? And so our thought was if we can create that experience in an everyday life, then that's really what we wanted to do. So we today we're still this well-being company. And I think a lot of companies, even just a fitness brand, for example, are striving to be a well-being company. We have everything under one roof at Excel. You have both spa and fitness under one roof. So that has remained the same. And then what has really changed is that the we continued to innovate. The spa services that we had 19 years ago are maybe not the same as we're having today in our unit. Same with our fitness classes. So one early on, Vanessa, it was really great. We designed these mantras. I think it was like day five of starting Exhale. And, and a lot of the mantras still ring true today. They're on our website. And one of them is we are constantly evolving and embracing change. And I think if you can do that as a leader and an organization, then you can stay true to your original intention but then you are keeping it fresh and you are evolving. And so you can be as successful as in, in year three, as you are in year 19. But if you're not willing to evolve and change, I think that becomes challenging. In terms of the exhale guest, they've become much more tech savvy. I was thinking about this the other day is when we first opened exhale, we actually had people sign in for class on a piece of paper. <laughs> 
And, and it's just so hard to imagine these days of people going through that. So of course, we never had the Exhale app when we first started Exhale. So I think the, the guest has really become much more tech savvy and really wants that frictionless experience much more than when we first opened the business. I feel like your business model was very forward thinking because so many businesses really just silo like spa is one membership or one destination and then fitness is another destination. So you go someplace to get this really hard workout and then you're going somewhere else to recover. And recovery has been this big buzzword that people have recently started discussing, but it's been around for a long time. And I think also marrying the hospitality aspect of it, when you were talking about your background with Peninsula Hotel and your recent acquisition by Hyatt, it really makes sense. Here in Miami, within the last 10 years, a lot of hotels started offering membership offerings to utilize the grounds because People want that mentality of being on vacation. That's what a hotel signifies to you of, okay, relaxation, enjoyment, pleasure. And typically when people go to a fitness club, they think of torture, dread, nightmare. <laughs> so it's really the business model makes so much sense. And I just really have to tip my hat to you for being so forward thinking. I think over the course of time, so many fitness brands have really been pushing this agenda of weight loss and fitness challenges and to say, hey, come in and work out, have a sauna session afterwards, enjoy the process instead of dreading. It's really something that I think you were alluding to earlier. Now, a lot of businesses are trying to pivot to that mindset, but you've already been there. So, and, it comes, and it definitely comes with some operational challenges. I'll, I'll give you an example. We do, you have to be really Zen, right? In the spas side, but there are high energy classes that we have. So even when we, we had this battle, when we first opened is, okay, the music, when you first come into exhale, is it high energy or is it Zen? And so it, everything has to be down the middle. So we, we landed on loungy music, if you would. And are the bright, are the lights really bright when you come in or are they dim? Because if you're coming for a class, you definitely want that high energy. But if you're coming for a spa, you need that Zen or lower energy. So we really design, and we got better at this, obviously, year after year, but designing the spaces so that they can fulfill both of those needs. So making sure that the spa is truly separated from the energy and the music and the, the sound of the classes. So it definitely came with some challenges, but you're right. I think the beauty of it was having it all under one roof so that you could really transform on a daily basis. And the acoustics, right? The acoustics yeah. could, could destroy, destroy the spa experience if you hear somebody, <laughs> some cardio music and you're trying to get a massage. So yeah, I could definitely see that over time you've perfected the build out. The first couple ones, you learn the mistakes. It's like after you've already set it up, you're like, okay, for the next location, now we know how we need to pivot. How has the business model changed or, or how has it been impacted since the acquisition by Hyatt? Yeah. The acquisition by, by Hyatt, I can't say enough great things. It was a dream to find the perfect partner 
in Hyatt in that obviously they were in the hospitality space. I think they truly embrace well-being. The CEO, Mark Hoppelmasium, is very much into well-being. So he's very passionate about what we do and what we deliver. So I think the not much has changed. They've kept us this boutique brand, which I think is very smart of them. And they really, we just got smarter though. I have to say that as a company, and this was uh, great by the way, pre-COVID because they had processes that we didn't even think about, whether it was launching a new product or how to deal with a change in personnel. We were pretty, we thought of ourselves as a very strong operational company, but we even became stronger through Hyatt and we had buying power uh, that they had on their purchase order system. So things like that really helped us to tighten up the model and even make it a, a better business model. We even got to, by the way, join their world of Hyatt loyalty program. So that became a huge differentiator for us in the well-being space and really put us on another level, if you would, to our guests. They said, wow, so for a regular membership, I can earn world of Hyatt points and stay at a hotel. So that was really another plus. Now there were some challenges. So on day one, we had to switch payroll companies. So we had over a thousand employees and this was really very challenging. And I think our whole HR and payroll team had to meditate for hours after this, but I'd have to say things like that were very challenging, but overall, what a great partnership. Yeah, it all comes down to the logistics, right? Sweating it out over the, you know, when you hit send on the payroll, it's like, fingers crossed, hope this works. Um, But I definitely can see how just having access to resources and systems and protocols is so helpful to smooth out operations. Because obviously working with such a big brand with so many people, they just have things buttoned up and and the reward system, I, I would have to assume has really helped with retention. I'm sure your retention numbers were already great. But when people think about, I think so many fitness and wellness businesses are constantly in acquisition mode and they forget about retention. And then when it's time to retain clients, they're like, okay, how do we do this? And a reward system and a point system is a great way to get people engaged, encourage frequency and usage and all of that. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and And it actually brought in a whole other demographic for us, people that were on the world of Hyatt platform that really didn't know much about the XL brand. They might not have been a fitness or well-being enthusiast, but we got great exposure to those people and actually converted them to a healthier lifestyle, if you would, that maybe they wouldn't even have thought about, but we had great exposure to that, that world of Hyatt database, which helped the brand as well. And you're right, retention is, was a, a huge win uh, in, on that front as well. And so, Julia, over the course of time, what are some of the accomplishments that you're most proud of in your time at Exhale? Because you've had such a long track record. And I think that there has to be some things that kind of stand out that are like, okay, that was really a highlight for me. Yeah, I am most proud 
of the team that we built. I think that you can build the most beautiful locations, the most beautiful brand, and it always goes back to the team. And a lot, we developed a lot from within too, which was really great. As we grew, our team got to grow. Now with that, some people move on because they, someone said to me yesterday, Julia, I owe a lot of my career to the Exhale brand because it goes far in terms of next steps. So I think I'm really proud of what the team has accomplished and really what the whole brand has done for both our guests and our associates. We've seen people start at our front desk that may have not been their healthiest version of themselves. And for example, one of our front desk her personnel ended up running our whole yoga program and becoming this amazing yogi 15 years later. So that's really what I'm most uh, proud of is that really the brand did serve its purpose to both our guests and our associates in transforming their lives, really, and, and making it a better version of themselves. And with that, obviously, the money will come. <laughs> I think if you do that right then the business model makes sense. If we always, we, by the way, we developed our own service and selling training program because unfortunately we couldn't find one off the shelf that worked for the brand. I, I wish we could because it would have been a lot simpler to, to be able to do that because as you start up mode, you're just going very fast. But with our selling, it's called the Exhale Experience, our service and selling program. And it really gets down to the heart of why are we here every day? And it's really to provide well-being to both our guests and our associates. And our, our training very much takes that into consideration on how even our associates are answering the phone or how our corporate team is supporting our leaders and our associates in the unit. So that's really what I'm most proud of because we really intended that and it's still, it's still very much in play today. I love that response because I think so many businesses focus on the culture and community, but that's client facing. They forget that without like the people that are touching your clients day in and day out are your team. And you have to create that culture and foster creativity and growth and personal development among your team. And that affects the clients in a positive way, instead of just being so client focused that you treat. I've worked for businesses that are all about the clients and the clients always, and the staff is just thought of as a revolving door and being on the leadership side. I think there's no better feeling than grooming somebody, like seeing somebody go through that change on the staff side. Like you were saying, like somebody that went from front desk that grew up in the ranks or somebody that really got came into the business just for a job and ended up becoming a fitness enthusiast and had their own personal transformation, whatever that looks like. But I love that you really focus on the team because the team is everything. Customers are important. Of course, you always want to nurture those relationships, but the team is there day in and day out all day. The, cu- the customer might be there for a couple of hours, but how you treat your team is really ultimately going to impact the customer experience as well. Yeah. And we've seen this, Vanessa, post-COVID, it's more important than ever to check in with your team because everybody, everyone has their story from COVID and it's been challenging on everyone 
So I think it's more important to really foster that relationship with your teams and really because it's hard for them to be at work and they're balancing a lot. Their kids might be learning virtually and how are they going to balance that with coming in to do a massage therapy for one of our guests? I think it's even more important than when we first started Exhale, like you said, to take care of the team so that then they can really take care of the guests or, or the clients when they come in. And obviously our everybody, every business, every industry just went through a very challenging time. But I think everybody is also thinking, okay, we're coming out of the woods right now. What is next? So what is the growth strategy for Exhale? And where do you see the business going? Yeah, we're in a really good space because everybody coming out of this wants well-being more than ever. You're seeing it, you're hearing it. So what we do, there's a high demand for. So we're very excited about that. We also, thank goodness, we had our both our digital and virtual business all lined up pre-COVID. So that business has grown over 400% in the last year. So we we want to continue to foster that as well as continue to grow our brick and mortar businesses. We are definitely, our pipeline has never been so full. We have a lot of hotels that want to put the brand in. We're talking to a lot of developers, both residential and business um, opportunities for the brand. So we see it growing both that omni-channel approach, right? So both the virtual on-demand and the brick and mortar business growing. And, and I think what COVID has taught a lot of businesses is how can you operate the business at a better profit margin? And I think we've curbed expenses. I think a lot of that digitally, you can, whether it's answering phones digitally and not having a lot of that manpower there, but also just getting smarter of your operating hours. We found that our operating hours were a little bit too long, so we've shortened them up during COVID, and that has obviously helped the business model. So I think doing all of those things this year and next will help to expand the brand even further. And what are some of the things that you consider when you're talking about growth and you have these opportunities? What are some of the things that you consider when entering into a new market? Yeah, I think that it's much different, obviously, today than it was 19 years ago when we entered the markets, because there was really very little competition in the space. As you mentioned, you were either a spa over here or a big box gym, but now obviously boutique fitness is, is much more widespread. So we do a lot more feasibility studies when entering the market and obviously cross all our uh, T's and dot our I's on that front. But what we're learning after all of this time too is it's very important who you want to partner with. And I mentioned Hyatt, for example, you really have to have the same values and want to come out on the same results at the end of the day. And so I think that is something different that we truly consider. Is this somebody that we want to partner and work with on a day-to-day basis? Are they going to have the same interests as us? And I think that's the thing that has changed when we're looking at the expansion. 
I think you said it so well, because honestly, getting into a business relationship is like getting into a marriage. It's easy to get into. It could be a nightmare to get out of. So right? So choose wisely. Even if you have a good lawyer and write a good lease, you're right. You're very right. <laughs> it's so true. And then the day-to-day operations are, are impacted. The staff is impacted. The clients are impacted when there's that tension. I've been in situations where with landlords and operators, there's there's been a lot of tension and it's constantly a, a negative environment and nobody wants that. And I think sometimes we're so caught up in scale, but it's like at what cost? And sometimes scale doesn't also mean profitability, right? So it's sometimes it's just about growing the businesses that you have as opposed to opening more locations. What are some of the challenges that that you've faced? Obviously, COVID is a huge one, but outside of COVID, what are some challenges that you've faced as a leader and how have you overcome them? I think I tend to really, as you can tell by the whole culture discussion we just had, I tend to love to be connected to every single employee at Exhale. For the longest time, I wanted to be involved in every interview, which just got insane right after a year I think it was. So that's the hardest thing for me is as you grow, I think you naturally become a little less connected to the the entire team at Exhale. Although I tell you, town halls are really great to hold. Or if I'm in a city, you can have, you know, a, a coffee morning where everybody can come and ask you questions. So I am trying to hold on to that. But I think as we grow, just trying to keep your eye on everything from the associates to the bottom line to the future growth of the company. And I I think that what I've learned from COVID is really admitting as a leader, especially during COVID, is that you don't, I don't have all the answers. And for many years, it felt everybody would come to me for the answers and very transactional and operational. But I found during COVID, I am never going to have all the answers. So that was a hard thing for me to come to grips with. But I think that with everything, the the biggest challenge becomes your biggest growth area. So I think for me is just knowing that I can only do my best and I can only do that if I'm I'm, uh, partnered with really great teammates and, and partners in general. I love that. I think sometimes we, you know, take on the responsibility of having all the answers and sometimes everybody functions differently. Me personally, I love being a part of a team. I work the best when I bounce ideas off of other people because I'm like an idea factory. I have a million ideas. Some of them are really terrible and I need somebody to say, Hey, you know what? That's Eh, that's a mediocre idea or, okay, I like that idea. How about we tweak it like that? And that's the beauty of having a team. And I think during COVID, so many great leaders really rose through the ranks and really shine during this time. And then unfortunately, some companies really were brought to their knees because of poor leadership. It accelerated whatever trend you were on, whether you were doing well and led and you had a team that was leading the company well or or not, it just, it thinned the herd for sure. Yeah, um, and, it, and it's important to pair yourself like you and I would probably be a great pair because you sound like the co-founder of Exhale and Beth Eschbach. She was that brilliant. Most of Exhale was her brilliant ideas. And I was like, okay, this is how we're going to execute on it. 
So I think it, when you are building a business, it's very good to pair yourself with somebody very different from you. And, they, and, and that way it becomes this beautiful congregation of these great ideas. And oh, by the way, we can execute on that as well. When vision meets execution, beautiful <laughs> things happen. And those are never the same person. So exactly. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, we can't do it all. And I think sometimes accepting that and embracing that can be really hard, especially I can only imagine with building a business that you started, it's hard to hand that over to others, but that's really the only way to grow it. Because at the end of the day, it's like the golden handcuffs. You can't be everywhere doing everything. Thank you so much, Julia, for sharing your you know background, your story with us. If somebody wants to connect with you or they want to learn more about Exhale, how can they do that? Oh, great. And thanks for having me, Vanessa. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you would please subscribe, review, and share this episode. It would really mean so much to me. I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts. So if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at vanessaseveriano.com or my social media handles. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.